0: Hi everyone and welcome to leader talks welcome to our viewers and to our members my name is vanessa montagnan and i'm one of your hosts today along with my two co-hosts and co-founders and comades chantal camarillo and rosario dores who happens to also be in the mortgage industry so all three of us are in the mortgage industry we've been in the industry for many many years and what happened throughout the pandemic we got together and wanted to talk about How can we motivate each other? So we decided to do Leader talks. It's an open forum. It's for an open forum for women and those who support women where we talk about relevant topics. We want to educate, enrich, and empower you with inspirational talks, conversations, and always coming from the heart. So today we have a very special topic about holiday traditions around the world. And we wanted to share about some of the meanings and traditions behind them. And who better to talk about this than our amazing Maria Teresa Garcia, who is our panelist today and our guest. But before we get started, I wanna talk a little bit more about who is Mrs. Teresa Garcia, as we call her Mrs. Garcia, here she is. So Maria Teresa has a bachelor's in Latin American studies with an emphasis on Mexican history. She has a master's also in English literature, so you know she has a passion for reading and writing. She also has a minor in creative writing. She's been an educator for over 20 years, specializing on immigrant newcomer students. In fact, for the last 12 years, she's been one of the head teachers and educators at the International Academy of Blair Junior High and High School here in Pasadena. So we want to welcome Teresa. But more importantly, she's also won a numerous allocates She was named Teacher of the Year by LULAC, and LULAC is the the League of United Latin American Citizens. It's one of the oldest and largest Hispanic organizations that was founded in the U.S. I think in the 1929, around there in the 20s. So it's one of the oldest uh, organizations that we have for Latinos. She's also been recognized by different organizations for her commitment and service to students and families. So with that, we welcome you, Teresa, to our Leader Talks today. And now we're gonna go ahead and get started.
1: Hello, everybody. Hi. Hey, Theresa. Thank you again for participating. What a great honor. Here we have a teacher. And clearly, I'm sure your environment in terms of teaching has changed, right? And so wanted to ask you, with COVID, you know, with the COVID environment that we find ourselves in virtual learning, how are you doing? Um, how are you doing, how are, you know, your teachings and whatnot and, and connecting with your students nowadays?
2: You know, um, it has been challenging, you're right. It was different, but I, I've been surprised uh, of how we've uh, evolved and how we've changed since March. You know, it's it hasn't been perfect, but we've learned a lot. You know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot more technology than than I ever have, you know. Sometimes uh, certain situations bring you to a point where you have to learn something new and it's not always bad, you know, it's a good thing. You know, trying to keep communication with the students and the parents, you know, phone calls, a lot more phone calls I think, a lot more communication. A lot of our students don't have internet, for example, so we have to provide something different for them. But overall, you know, it, it, it has been challenging,
1: but I think there's, there's some good to it that has come out of it too.
2: So we're working through
1: it. Perfect. I know we have to look at the silver lining in all this. You know, I would tell you, you're absolutely right. Technology was not something in the forefront, at least for my kids learning. But I will tell you, they've got the Zoom etiquette down. And it's just impressive to see a kindergarten know that she can minimize the screen. She can put it on mute. You know, it's really impressive. So I think we are creating what would be our future little CEOs, right? (laughs) So I applaud you for your efforts. Uh, Mrs. Garcia, the other thing I was curious, your background, right, Um, what led you for the love of history and and your focus on Chicano studies, if you can share with our audience on that.
2: You know, um, to be quite honest with you, my father had a big influence in me loving history, you know, since I was a little girl. He always talked about the wonders in Mexico, the pyramids, the museums, and, you know, he had an opportunity through his father's job uh, from a union they would take the children on bus tours all over mexico he always corrects me i always say that he's he met one mexican president but the other day he corrected me he says no i met three mexican presidents and he was he was fairly young when he was he i would imagine in my mind you know as a little girl seeing all these beautiful beautiful things in mexico and that's how it really started he has a love for history so i'm really grateful because we still share with one another you know he's always sending me things and i send him
1: things too so he's He's been the biggest influence for me. That's beautiful. And I'm sure many of us, including, I know the the other two amazing co-founders here in terms of how fathers have played an influential role in in our upbringings, the love of history and culture and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing that. It actually brings a big smile on my face just thinking about my dad. So thank you for that, Mm -hmm. Teresa.
3: Yes. yes, I can. I, it actually brought me a smile as well, thinking of your dad and thinking of my dad. Actually, he, you know, has a passion obviously for where he grew up, and that's Mexico. And thinking about culture and tradition and history, right, is obviously with the holidays and holidays around the world. Is what really first comes to mind for me is. Uh, i am from mexican background american living in america and there's a lot of cultural things that we bring um, to the table when it comes to the traditions and one thing that really stands out is food food is important in all cultures i think across the board but for us being mexican american is the tamale when it comes to the holiday season it's tamale season so can you share a little bit about Uh, you know, what Mexican traditions are out there. But before we do that really quick, I can't forget to ask because my favorite tamán is the red sauce with chicken. I know traditionally it's pork, but I'm curious to find out, Vanessa, what is your favorite tamal?
0: Well, I'm gonna be traditional and say mine is pork with the red sauce. I just love it. Uh, I'm a traditionalist
1: and there's nothing like that pork flavor. Uh, what about you, Shindel? Oh, girl, it has to be the rajas con queso, you know. Um, give me what would be those jalapenos, the chile california roasted along with the mozzarella or even Monterey Jack cheese or, you know, queso de chihuahua. Um, oh, my God. Just blend <laughs> all of that into one beautiful little tamal and oh, it's exquisite. That's my favorite. How about you, Teresa? I have to back you up,
2: Chatal. Yes. I, I, I'm with you, the rajas with the queso are my favorite. I always pick out those everywhere I go, if they have them, you know, with the, with the chile poblano and the chihuahua cheese, you can't go wrong. That's my favorite mine. <laughs> definitely.
3: That's awesome. So Teresa, tell us about what unique Mexican cultural holidays that you see now really across America and that we're all celebrating as, you know, we come from various backgrounds. We have, you know, immigrants coming in, you have families that are first generation, you have third generation, you have fourth, fifth generation. And I know from, in my own family, we're very diverse. What do you see that's really sticking as part of the Mexican culture in the holiday traditions?
2: Well, you know, you brought up, we're talking about the tamales and tamales I think are not only in Mexican culture, but also in Latin America in general. I think in Central America, they're they're also a great tradition. But I think that we, in order to understand why it has prevailed and why it's so strong today, and why it's so important to keep the tradition, is to know that you know corn or, or maize, as you want to call it, you know, is so important to our culture and our in our history. You know, the Aztecs and the Mayans, uh, they really they grew from from being able to domesticate corn and from that you know they they started a lot of celebrations that you know were made or were started with the harvest for example they started all these traditions about community building you know you had people working out in the fields you had the women making the tamales there was a sense of community that came with the corn growing with the domestication 10,000 years ago it really you know it really uh, grounded the foundation uh, we see it as food but in our ancestors saw it as a survival as something so important and crucial that they've created all these celebrations you know around the Tamay and they spread it to other parts of the world like central america and south america you see corn everywhere but the original the origin, original place where they domesticated was in central mexico and then it was spread out. And now we see that same tradition today, right? We, uh, we see um, our families, you know, everybody has a part in, in the tamal making. It's not just the eating the tamal. And, you know, we can buy tamales all year long, but the truth of the matter is that they're special during Christmas because we do make this a family affair. You know, we all gather together to make the tamales. And everybody swears they make the best tamales, right? Everybody does, oh, my aunt makes my grandma, we make the best tamales. And it's totally legitimate because they are the best tamales because they're made from your family with the special touch, you know, with the special flavor. So definitely that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, tradition that has kept on and I hope it keeps on. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And I I have to share a brief story. You know, you talk about the tradition and kind of how it spills over, cross-pollinates into, where we are today, I have, I have to admit, who taught me how to make tamales is my Jewish friend, Victoria. So I have to share that because, uh, you know, my mother passed, you know, 20 years ago. And so I didn't get the opportunity to really sit with her and go through the process, you know, so and learning really in, in it. And so last year, 2019, She said, you know what? I can't have you go on without not knowing how to make it. And this girl, she makes the masa from scratch. She makes everything from scratch. And so what I took to her, actually this year, I sent her my mom's, the mole that they put into the tamal. I had the recipe, so I sent it to her. And so I'm really excited about that, but it's beautiful to see our culture really spill over into other people's traditions and other cultures here in America. It's just beautiful to see. So thank you for sharing that.
2: Yes. I think another tradition that we see often, um, you know, the piñata is another thing that we see throughout the year, right? And through all the birthdays and celebrations, there's always a piñata. But you know, the the original piñata was a star. We see that famous star with the seven, uh, you know, the seven peaks. And, you know, um, it's kind of a religious thing. It started as a religious thing, really. Um, A lot of the, you know, the padres were trying to evangelize uh, people and they used the piñata to do that. know the seven points are the seven deadly sins and the people that have the you know they cover their eyes is is blind faith you know we don't see God but we have faith blind faith and when we're hitting the pinata you know when we break the pinata and the candies fall out it's the grace of God you know that's how it all started and the, the pinata during Christmas is that particular pinata that looks like a star and I think it's a beautiful tradition too it has a little bit of religious background but but, you know, it's also sharing, right? You have a piñata and you're sharing. In, in the religious term, it's the grace of God, but for the kids, it's candy for all of us, not, not only the kids, <laughs> I have to stay. So that's a beautiful tradition too, that I think, um, you know, has maintained. Many, many people still do it during Christmas, you know, not just during birthdays. And I hope that it also remains.
1: And, and Teresa, correct me if I'm wrong, but también las posadas. That's very traditional as well within um, the Mexican culture, right? And so yes. that, that's something that piñatas are are um, shared among the posadas as they recreate pretty much the um, the welcoming, right, of um, of Mary and 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 um, yeah. Joseph, the repli- right? The at, yeah, replicating, yeah, replicating the innkeepers or whatnot, right? Exactly. They're replicating
2: the, the uh, you know, the Mary and Joseph's, you know, looking for a place to to have uh, Jesus. They're actually doing that, going from house and asking for posada. Posada means you're asking for a place to stay. And it, it's a wonderful tradition, you know. The posadas also, again, you know, you're cementing, you're, you're looking to the past and replicating it so that it continues, so that you don't forget, you know. That's a wonderful tradition. Unfortunate that we will not be able to do that, to see that, but I'm I'm hoping for next year, you know, for it to continue.
0: We could do virtual posadas. There we
2: go. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yes.
0: And along with those traditions, what about Kwanzaa? Um, If you could talk to us a little bit about Kwanzaa and the significance of the seven principles, that would be wonderful. And again, light is something very important.
2: Yes. You know, I really love Kwanzaa. I wish that... um, that we, everybody practiced it a little bit to be honest with you. It came out of a situation, uh, Dr. Karenga in 1966 at the height of the um, of the civil rights movement after the Watts riots, you know, he decided to do something positive, you know, for everybody, for African Americans mostly, you know, and came up with this wonderful celebration which has so many good values and, and is very symbolic and it, it gathers, you know, the African culture, but it's very American and it's very new. It's only 50 some odd years, you know? And, you know, it. it the values that it, that it instills like unity and determination, um, collective work, co- cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith, they're all so positive. You know, wanting the African-American population to encompass all of this and move forward, you know, he didn't try to say you know you don't have to do christmas he was just adding to it you know wanted to start something very new you know owner ownership of of a celebration that no one else has imposed on african americans and i think it's wonderful you know some of the symbols that that are included in kwanzaa are the kinara with candles as well you know also corn speaking of corn there they also have a symbol that is corn which means like first harvest but, but it also, they also see their children as corn as well, you know, new, the new generation. Um, they have the unity cup also. The unity cup is like a tribute to their ancestors where they all drink out of the cup. You know, kind of similar to Catholicism, right? When you're drinking out of the cup, it's unity. Um, and, you know, they also have the, the candles, which, you know, they have their own significance of the struggles, the red colors, the struggles of the African-American population. and. And the black one represents them, you know, the African Americans. And the green is, is for hope for future generations. And it's wonderful. It's kind of similar, if you think about it, about Hanukkah, the lighting of the, the candles as well. You know, they, have a, they, they say certain blessings and prayers and sometimes songs as they're lighting. So it's just really wonderful, wonderful celebration.
1: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And and that brings me to my question. Um, What is Hanukkah and the significance of lighting? And as you can, as you just alluded to earlier, just the similarities, right? The crossover, I think we all want to bring out the best and it's pretty awesome that we all want to hone in on just, you know, the blessings and whatnot um, during the month of December. Right. But what is the significance of lighting the menorah and, um, and the eight candles? Because I know there's nine, but um, but ultimately, I know it 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 has um, shifted right throughout history. Um, and if you could share that with us, basically.
2: Yes. Well, you know the the original menorah um, in the Bible. You know, like God said, God gave instructions how to build or how to how to make this menorah and keep it lit in the Jewish temple. And the reason why we celebrate um, Hanukkah is to celebrate the defeat of the Syrian. Uh, a, a Syrian dictator at the time, who had practically taken over and was um, forcing the Jewish people to to praise, you know, Greek gods, to look at Greek, go- Greek gods as their own, and you know, the Jewish army defeated defeated this great army and was able to gain back their temple. So it's the we're celebrating Hanukkah, celebrating the rededication of the Jewish temple is is the celebration but also it's light against darkness so you know it's also Hanukkah is also called the festival of lights for that reason and one of the miracles uh, of Hanukkah that that they remember when they're lighting also is the fact that when they were trying to light the candles they only had enough oil to last them for one day so they had olive oil was they always purified olive oil, but they only had a little bit when they were trying to light the Jewish temple. And so they lit it, but until they can purify more, but to their surprise, it lasted for seven days, for eight days, actually, more than what they had expected. So that's what they celebrate the miracle that with this little bit of olive oil, they were able to, to have that miracle of the eight days. So every time, they there's are lighting during this time of the year they're remembering they're remembering the sacrifice of their ancestors that defeat that they were able to regain their faith back
1: and you know i just want to highlight um in the image there is a little bridle and it's very similar many of us may relate to left center right some of those games that we all play when families around or even in in uh, Latin American culture, we play Toma Mas. you know, that's another game that mm-hmm. Rosario and I were, were actually just reminiscing in, in terms of the dreidel and how common these similarities are between cultures, right? Um, so that's one that is very common to be played and um, I was looking in terms of just the overall rules of engagement when playing that, but I was like, oh my God, it's very similar to the game we played. <laughs> um, so just wanted to point that out as well. So thank you again, um, Teresa, for sharing that with us.
3: Right, it, it's so, it's funny because it resonates with us playing Toma, toma Mas, Toma todo. I know it has, you know, several names, but definitely the dreidel is one of those things that really you start thinking, wow, it's, uh, you know, it's very similar to what we do in in the Latino community. Um, So with that being said, leads to the next question is, in your studies and readings you have learned, what is the common thread or theme that you really see and find across the board with all the cultures around the world that is celebrated during the holidays?
2: I think there's a couple. I think the main one for me is the building of community and also the strengthening of the fa- of family ties you know that that time where you strengthen your foundation with families if you're upset at a family member I think also you you tend to mend you know mend fences with whomever you're you're upset with but I think also for me it's the survival of the rituals uh, that help us remember you know who we are and where we come from and some of these celebrations stemmed out of out of negative things out of uh, challenges and obstacles of having to fight for the right to, to believe what you believe, and I think that that's really important um, that we keep on doing these rituals because we keep, you know, uh, passing them forward to future generations so they're they're not forgotten. So I think for me the the common thread is that the rituals, you know, are important. They're very important, and we need to continue continue them, you know, so that they don't disappear.
3: Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better, especially after having a a year like we've we've been having this entire year, right? You have the pandemic, you have uh, dynamics with celebrations, with even down to a birthday, down to even the way we conduct business. And it really comes down to community and tying everybody together. And I think these rituals are really gonna, help us going forward to really propel into like how we see value, how we value family, how we value friendships, how we value community going forward um, despite the pandemic or after post pandemic. So thank and you. For I think, that. that's amazing. Yeah, I
2: think we've learned too that just because we can't see each other doesn't, doesn't mean we can't continue with maybe our rituals are different or we've added new rituals or we've added new ways of doing things. But I think we've also proven to ourselves that we can still continue, you know, to have that communication because it's important. Because it's important to the human being. That's who we are. You know, that's what we thrive on. Everything else doesn't matter. But we're here for each other. You know, and we'll find a way. <laughs> we'll find a way to do all these things.
1: No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I definitely look forward to our traditional making of the tamales this year. You know, it's it's played such a pivotal role. Growing up, making them, I mean, it used to be a lot of work, but now it's just amazing to also share that with the new generation, my two little ones, you know, and so it's a blessing and you're absolutely right. It's something that we need to instill in our children so that they understand the value, right, of the yes. culture yeah. that we, that, you know, we bring. Um, and so thank you again for sharing that. You're
2: welcome. Thank you guys too, <laughs> for sharing your input and your experience.
3: Vanessa, you're on mute, girlfriend.
2: <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> we want to thank you, Teresa, and ask you our final question. What
2: does leader mean to you? Well, a leader, leader to me, um, especially lead her, <laughs> I like that because it's so important. You know, for me, I talk about this a lot, you know. Um, to me, a leader, to be quite honest with you, is someone that listens first, that listens and... Someone that does pave the way, but doesn't abuse power or privilege or anything that they have, but rather empowers other people with it, guides other people with it. You know, it's not enough, for example, to be a mentor without really physically or actively helping that person make it through because a lot of times they do need that. It's not just with words, but with actions to me. I think a leader should also be somewhat humble, to be honest with you and empathetic you know a lot of times people that have the leader qualities they're very strong and they have to be strong in order to get to those positions but you know um have to be patient and uh and also humble and also listen you know favors you know i'm i'm in a position where there's a group of us working they always come to me they always say we want you to be our voice you know but i never i never talk or i never say anything without their input to me the input is important always because everybody has something to give. Even someone that, that doesn't have a lot of experience, you're always going to um, always going to learn something, and a leader has to always be willing to learn.
0: <laughs> be willing to learn and listen. Absolutely.
2: Yes, and respect others. Always respect is always on top. Yes,
0: it is. We want to thank you, Teresa, for sharing your insights today and your knowledge on Leader Talks as we discussed about holiday traditions around the world. We all learn the importance of ritual traditions, passing on that history. And now uh, we're more alike than dislike, I think. That absolutely They're much more alike than we care to say. Uh, we want to wish our leader and listeners a fantastic holiday season we know everything is different this year, but we have so much to be grateful for. Now, stay tuned for next week's leader talks as we do the leader talk challenge. Now, what on earth is a leader, leader talk challenge? So it talks about our three core values and we are gonna convert them into challenges. So our first challenge is called for empowerment. So we wanna empower a leader by gaining a healthy lifestyle next year And how can that happen? Well, maybe by walking a little bit more, incorporating new healthy lifestyle, maybe eliminating a bad habit, like drinking too many sodas or smoking or fast foods, right? Eliminating some of the bad foods Uh, or maybe meditating, maybe finding that quiet time just to be a little bit healthier for yourself. Also, we wanna educate you. So how are we gonna do that? We're gonna do a bi-monthly book book club next year we're selecting six books we're going to share them and on some of those books we're actually going to have the author join us in talking about their book their thoughts and questions so watch out oprah book club here comes leader (laughs) talks of book club Um, (laughs) i know Teresa's definitely in she's an avid reader Um, also we want to think about maybe taking a personal development course maybe it's taking how to work excel or how to speak another language and more importantly going back to school maybe you've always wanted to finish that degree or just go back to school guess what there's no excuses now that it's a virtual world i think it's a lot easier to join a college course online so we want to encourage you on educating and lastly we want to go ahead and enrich you we want to enrich your our leaders with enriching your soul with inner duty to let your success And winds shine through. And how do we do that? Maybe by wearing your favorite outfit next year. Or getting in touch with your spirituality or religion. You know, spirituality matters. And maybe just smiling a little bit more. We have a lot to be grateful for. So we want you to enrich yourself. Uh, So we promise Leader Talks next week is one you don't want to miss. We want to thank you and wish you again happy holidays. Thank you, leaders and viewers.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.